Hello and welcome to the 34th episode of the Killing Time Podcast. My name is Arch Grieve and I'm your host. Coming at you today from Dayton, Ohio. And my wife recommended that I say what day that I record the podcast is. And so I am recording this on April 26th, 2020. So um, I'm excited today because I get to talk to uh, Dr. Liam Anderson And he is a political science professor at Wright State University, and he was actually on my thesis committee when I was in the International and Comparative Politics program uh, there, and so he's he's one of my favorite professors, and um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to talking to him because he's also got a really cool accent. So um, let's give him a call and see what's going on. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay, I think this works. You can hear me? Okay, I can hear you. Great, okay. We're all all good. Awesome. Well, so, um, uh, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I... I mean, you just exposed one of the, my major vulnerabilities right here. Thank you, you know, in public. Thank you very much, Arch. Which is oh, sorry. technology. Technology is not my strong point. Um, okay. So when you say I'm calling you through Facebook, I'm thinking, how is that possible? That can't be done. <laughs> um, and of course, everything now is online. Everything. I mean, my, it's true. my job's online, and the, you just can't avoid it. So right. I'm, I'm, and I'm still trying to figure out what the hell the cloud is. You know. What's oh, the yeah. cloud, Arch? Right. Well, that's from a guy who can, like, explain, you know, the intricacies of, uh, like, nuclear devices and things to, like, to my high school students. And I would I would have thought that <laughs> you would be able to, you know, comprehend a lot of these things. Well, I would say, honestly, given the choice, I would find it easier to, to construct a rudimentary nuclear device than to actually get on <laughs> Facebook. Um, I think that actually the problem I have is, is as much as anything else, is and this is going to make me sound like an old man, and I guess I am really, but is is the passwords, you know, where you, you, yeah. you need passwords for everything, and then you, you, the computer you're on sort of saves the passwords, so you never actually have to put them in. Right. And then something happens, and suddenly you're, you're trying to remember a password that you created three years ago, and it was an answer to security questions about what your first pet's name was and <laughs> stuff like this, and... I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, you, it's, you need a password manager. You don't have one of those? Um, is that a person or a... <laughs> it can be. Uh, sometimes it works better if you use a, an app, though. So Okay. Yeah. Uh, I forgot yeah, the name see, of the then, one I then, use. Don't you need a password to activate your yeah. password manager? Yeah, you do. That's... So are we just further down the rabbit hole Well, then, at this point? <laughs> then you at least only need one, and then you can remember a whole lot. You know, okay. That's the benefit. That's what, it it's, makes it's parsimonious, it right? It's parsimonious, isn't that? I like that. Yeah. Elegant. Thank you. An elegant solution. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There we go. So you remembered at least one word from your master's. That was it. <laughs> I just wanted to impress you. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm impressed. I'm suitably impressed. Thank you. Um, so, have you? Uh, what's been? impacted for you like with your job and everything like have you had to do any uh, thesis defenses over zoom yet or anything like that uh i've had a lot of meetings over um actually not zoom um oh, you uh, guys have it? something WebEx. else we got we got webex but here's the, again the, the the kind of stupid well i shouldn't use the word stupid but the uh perplexing thing is that 
the if you're on a meeting with some some uh, a committee at right state say i mean i was on search committees and various other things and they all use different apps right. to host the meetings and and so you've got to learn you know why they can't decide right state is using webex that's it and so you only actually have to learn one device and or one app or whatever they're called um so i've been in meetings search committee meetings and whatever uh i've got a thesis defense next tuesday um so we'll see how that goes i mean it's not you know relatively speaking i mean uh, you know i've taught online before so it's not a it's not a bad situation for me to be in i mean relatively speaking you know we still have jobs yeah uh, you know which is a lot of people don't um so and you know as as you know being a university professor is not the most stressful of environments well, i don't know um, i'd say that but i mean it's got its own it kind of stresses student. yeah <laughs> it depends on the student but, right um well so, i mean that's that's basically where 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 we are right now we're all online um and so and it's it's get you know old dog learning new tricks this sort of stuff that's the right that's the <laughs> that's the situation but it's it's all good well so um I am uh, talking to you from uh, a little tiny office that I have in my uh, backyard that I built during the um, uh, pandemic. And I'm wondering, do you still have your little uh, outside tiny office there? <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, calling it an office is, 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 is generous. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, the problem with this thing, it was uh, when we bought the house, I mean, it's a shed basically, and it right. was attached to the house, but... Uh, there's no heating, there's no electricity. Um, the stink bugs, man. The, the, this was, it would, this sort of thing. I don't know quite what attracts stink bugs. Stink bugs, but this, I walk into my office and I open the door and literally there'll be a plague of stink bugs come flying out. And so I had to seal off everything and and basically put an inside of the roof in and all of that. But uh, I mean, it, it's functional. It's yeah. not, I wouldn't say comfortable, but. Um, it, it's it does the business now, so you know I've got somewhere to retire when um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when the kids start <laughs> moaning about things because I'm stuck with two kids right now. So in in the house, you know we've all been here for I guess it's about six weeks now. I, I've lost yeah. track of time really, but I have too. Um, and and you know the kids are doing pretty well really, but uh, it, it we go a bit stir crazy from time to time. So right. Um, so yeah, I mean I've got that to retreat to. Good, um, good. And I'm What's writing that? a book right now with Dr. Shannon as well. Oh, um, you are. What is that about? Yeah. Uh, you don't really want to know. It's it's. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> 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 um, it's about federalism in the Middle East. So Ooh. Middle Eastern countries, whether federalism would be an appropriate system for them to adopt, and what the probability that they would adopt it even if it were desirable and whatever so we, we, we look at case we don't four case studies uh-huh. um yemen syria iraq and uh libya oh you went with uh, the easy so we, ones good yeah that's nice. right the, the least complicated <laughs> ones <laughs> i like to keep things simple uh, so that, that i mean it's i guess the deadline must be the end of june or something so it's in terms of killing time, um, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of running out of time yeah. before my deadline at the end of June. So wow. um, I've got stuff to keep me busy here. 
Well, that's good. I uh, I apologize. I didn't realize I was taking you from uh, in that important work. So, uh, I forgive you. I Whether you. The, uh, the international community will, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you are. I, I did mention you were a professor of international politics. So uh, I had some job-specific questions for you. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, one was, is there any crossover between the pandemic and your particular research areas? Uh, should I make something up? I mean, the, yeah, the simple yeah. answer is... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, it, it fits right in my... I've been... Um, <laughs> I mean, in terms of it, is it affecting the, your research areas uh, in any particular way? I don't know. I, uh, I just made up some questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it, it's, I mean, in the sense that I, I suppose the, the difficulty is knowing what comes next. I mean, we kind of got an idea now of what the world is looking like during the pandemic. But what happens next? Does the, you know, the global economy hold up? I, I don't know. I mean, uncharted territory here. So um, essentially, the, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, after taking plenty of my classes, the global economy is essentially... I would say a house of cards, but it's it's built on a foundation that the U.S. dollar has credibility mm-hmm. um, because there's no gold anymore. So it's basically the the, the unit of value is the U.S. dollar. Um, and at some point, you know, I, if that the, the bottom falls out of that, then we're in totally uncharted territory. So I I don't know what happens next, and and um, the, the, I mean that's. <laughs> I was going to say that's that's when it's going to get interesting, but it's it may well be um, kind of a bloodbath uh, economically for for the globe. I, I don't know. Yeah. In terms of the, the Middle East and stuff like that, I mean, I think we we've not even begun to see some of the the, the kind of have this pandemic is going to wreak on some of the refugee camps. I mean, there are you know five million refugees out of Syria living in refugee camps. I mean, how do you socially distance in a refugee camp? Um, you know the, the healthcare provisions pretty uh, miserable in these places. I mean, I think there's a lot of they're probably not even getting tested, so we probably don't even know right now right. how many people are going to get it. And um, you know, and so the, the displaced people in the Middle East right now, as a consequence of the wars, I mean, I I, I think with this the death toll is going to be very high there. Um, again, how that exactly that changes things is a bit difficult to tell, but. Um, we are in uncharted territory. That's my defense here for not being able to know <laughs> what happens next. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, that's very valid. So, um, another question I had is: Do you, do you think Kim Jong Un is dead right now? And if so, <laughs> what's what's going to happen in North Korea? Uh, well, <laughs> a bit difficult to tell, isn't it? I mean, I, it I think if it it's going to be a sister, right? It's going to take over. Um, is that what uh, really? Okay. Well, he's he's been grooming his sister um, for I would say the best part of five years now. She's been sort of oh. ascending the ranks and and being being groomed. Okay, I didn't now, know this. Whether the people are you know at the upper echelons of the admin or the regime are going to accept that or not is is an open question. But um, that's that would be my guess is that the that if he if he is dead. Um, then it will be a sister taking over. But uh, I, I mean, that's the problem with North Korea is you, you cannot believe anything that comes out of that place at all. So, right. uh, so to see his head on a, on a spike, um, <laughs> I, 
I'll, I'll suspend judgment on that. But uh, I think, I mean, the, 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 the problem with the North Korean regime, of course, is it's so personalized. Um, you know, it's kind of like a her, hered, her, hereditary uh, non-royal monarchy, if such a thing exists. And so mm-hmm. um, it, it, everything's so wrapped around single individuals that when those individuals um, die, then the whole thing could come crumbling down, at which right. point you've got, that becomes our problem then, because you've got whoever in charge of nuclear weapons in North Korea and missiles that can reach the United States and uh, who knows what happens at that point. So, man, it's a, this is cheering you up, isn't it? Talking to a yeah <laughs> political scientist. Oh, especially a realist. <laughs> I always love, love talking yeah, to you go. guys. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are so cheery. <laughs> well, we're just realistic. That's all. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so obviously you're British, and um, I I just had the opportunity right before obviously. everything got. I'm an American too, you know, right? You what? I'm, and what else? I am American too. You know that, right? Oh well, yes, American. I do. Yes, newly. Okay. Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank uh, you very much. Yeah, I know that was hard. Uh, <laughs> it's a long process but. yeah um, but I got to go over there um, before everything got shut down to visit our new sister city over there and okay. um, and they were all Brexiteers so um, our new sister city uh, with Dayton uh, they were all that and um, I'm wondering now that that's actually happening Brexit is actually happening what challenges is the UK going to face like do you and I'm, I'm particularly interested in like is Scotland going to like gonna try to go for a referendum again, or could we even you know talk about like a united Ireland or something? Like those things are the things that get me excited. So, okay, uh, I'm just <laughs> whatever turns you on. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think Scotland I it will go. I, I because I I would say I mean they held a obviously they held a referendum in twenty fourteen. Uh, I think my memory serves me correctly. There, 2014, and you you kind of expect that you, this is a once in a lifetime, or once in a generation thing at least. So mm-hmm. you get the one shot, and then it's off the table for 20, 30 years at least. But I think Brexit put it right back on the table, and and given the the uh, vote in Scotland to stay relative to the vote in England to leave, I think the Scots honestly would be justified in. Um, in calling for another referendum, right? Uh, I, you know, I, I thought they were. I didn't really support it the first time around because I thought, you know, it's it's it could be kind of irritating to watch the Scots create their own sort of fictitious national identity based on <laughs> Mel Gibson, you know, and and <laughs> this. <laughs> you're not totally you're not Scottish, I take it. Yeah, then. I'm, well, I, I'm partly Scottish, actually. But I live very close to Scotland when I lived in England. Um, oh, okay. Huh. But it, it was the, the Scottish identity is basically defined by being anti-English, and so it, okay. it's it's not an identity right. that's a kind of positive thing. It's it's a negative thing, and it when you are the kind of target of somebody else's national identity, uh, it gets quite irritating quite quickly. Um, um, this when, this when herd says someone named Archibald Grieve, who, uh, <laughs> like, that name has been in the family since they came from Selkirk. So, yeah, oh, right. it, it yeah, hurts. Sorry. But, yeah, okay, that's fair. But, but 
you know, so 2014, I was, I just thought it was a bit silly. Um, yeah. I, but I, I think now, frankly, the Scots are absolutely justified in having another, another referendum. Right. Uh, and and you know, good luck to them. I, I, I would be wanting to leave there as well right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it was a, it was a ridiculous decision by Britain. I think it was, um, it was short sighted and driven by. I think non-admirable concerns. Let's say, mm-hmm. um, and of course, here's the difference now: is that um, Catalonia is going to struggle basically to, to to get independence from Spain, in part because Catalonia can only exist within the European Union. And if Catalonia were to declare independence from Spain, even if Spain were to recognise it, Spain could turn around and veto Catalonia getting into the EU, at which point Catalonia is kind of stuffed, whereas Britain is now out of the EU, so England cannot veto Scotland from joining the EU. So I I think it's going to happen. It may take... Hmm. I think it'll be an incremental sort of propaganda campaign by the Scots, Um, but I think it'll happen, and, and I think absolutely good luck to them this time. And what about the Irish independence thing? Unification, I I should say, sorry. Well, I think that's, again, that's a longer-term thing, I think, but I think that's going to happen too. I mean, um, I I, just, I can't really see a future for Northern Ireland as part of Britain uh, with Britain out of the EU. It just doesn't doesn't work. Um, And I mean, we're leaving aside all the problems with the border there. And uh, I mean, so I think longer-term, I think... Northern Ireland will will reunite with the rest of Ireland. That that's probably a sort of forty fifty year thing. But um, gotcha. So I I think it will be, I think Scotland will go and Northern Ireland will go. So right. that will be my prediction. But well, it's folks uh, heard it here first. So. <laughs> note that I'm predicting <laughs> so far in advance that that's I will smart. be dead by the by the time <laughs> this doesn't happen. So I can never be held to account for any of this stuff. And no one listens to my podcast, so you know. And nobody. Yeah. Okay. That'll be difficult as well. Yeah, I wanted to thank you, by the way, Arch, for having me on. After I had, a, I checked up. I looked on your, your, your. I guess it's your Facebook page, is it, with all your podcasts yeah. on it? Yeah. And you had me, um, you had me following a, a, a professional storyteller. Oh, I mean, thanks, yeah. Arch. Yeah. Thank no, you, Arch. No problem. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Way to make me look good, Arch. <laughs> You you've got the English accent, so you're fine. You know, people will just they just want to listen to it. So I could be saying anything at all, really. Exactly. I? I could yeah. Be. <laughs> yeah. Well, so um, in other news, I've started bird watching recently, and I'm wondering if you've picked up any new hobbies during the pandemic. Oh, uh, no, I, I mean the most <laughs> man. This is going to make me sound sound really really riveting as a human being um (laughs) (laughs) homemade pancakes that's what oh yeah (laughs) because when i went to we went to the store to get stuff and it's strange what what you can't buy in stores now right you know you can't really predict what the stores run out of i like spam of all things oh Uh, okay and trying to get a can of spam these days is i mean spam may be the new the the new dollar oh yeah uh, the new gold standard Pancake mix was one of the things, and so I started making uh, my own pancakes. So huh. um, <laughs> that's cool. that's about as exciting <laughs> as life gets. Okay. Um, I tell you, the, the, one of the 
the, the much more exciting is um, my wife Jackie has got a started a new, new job. Um, oh, she's yeah. in working on the base, and she is part of the team that is uh, basically creating uh, the next Air Force One. So, oh wow, the, that's awesome! The one that comes into service in 2024. So she's part of the team that's overseeing all of that. So. And uh, and here's my question to you: Is is who will be okay. riding in that plane? Oh, <laughs> who is she building Ooh. it for? Oh, I don't know. Are you, what, what what are you? How are you seeing it right now? Uh, I think it's Trump's plane. Um, I think it'll stay his. You think you see a, a, a basically a, a constitutional amendment that gets them third and fourth terms? I do. Uh, I don't even think you need that because I think there's a loophole where really you run as a VP and then you just have that person resign. It says you can't be elected to president for three terms. It doesn't say you can't serve as president for more. So you think Pence runs with Trump as vice president? Him or somebody else, yeah. Wow, man, you're a cynical. I, I am, yeah. I, <laughs> you, you used to be such an, such an agreeable little idealist, Arch. I, I, you guys changed I mean, me. You made me even worse constructivist. So. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, that's right. What happened to all this identities constructed and uh, can make, we can construct a better world stuff? I, I lost all hope stuff. when I chose Israel-Palestine as my research area. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, that's not looking so good now either. No. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, you've, you've been following stuff in Israel right now? I mean, a little bit, not uh, not a whole lot, but, you know, I, I know. Somehow, I mean, Netanyahu's managed to cling on to power there. Yeah, that was um, amazing. So he's got a, a coalition government now, and he's going to be uh, prime minister for the next year and a half. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. And then Benny Gantz takes over, uh-huh. but I seriously doubt that. Uh-huh. And in the meantime, we've got a, a you know national emergency through coronavirus pandemic, so he can't get put on trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets a veto over the appointment of just judges and things like that. So, um, I yeah, I mean, I you're going to need a, a crowbar to get him out of office. I think it's pretty amazing. So yeah, I yeah. I've just given up all hope now. Um, <laughs> my, my my hope optimism was placed in uh, Palestinian nonviolent actors. So you know that's that's right. That's what you that's what you advocated for, isn't it? In right. Your thesis. Mm-hmm. That's so sweet. That's so sweet, Arch. Yeah. <laughs> now I here's the thing. I mean, I, I, one of the things that I did because I I mean I, I learn stuff from students all, all the time. You know, particularly sure. when they do master's thesis because they often go into stuff in much more detail than I know it. And so, and one of the things people don't understand about the Palestinians is just how long and how extensive their, their sort of peaceful efforts to change things have been. And um, all they ever see, you know, most people see of the Palestinians is blowing themselves up and all of this sort of stuff. And they just, um, but in fact, the Palestinians, and it just isn't effective. It just doesn't work, um, or it hasn't worked anyway. So, right. you know, what do you learn if if you if peaceful protest doesn't work? Um, you know, what's the what's the lesson you take away from that? Is is it's a waste of time to be peaceful, and and that's very very disturbing. Um, I, th- I think the big lesson for me was that you have to uh, 
take the battlefield, the the peaceful battlefield to wherever the opposition actually is, because that's what I think that the folks in South Africa were able to do. Like they brought the movement to the United States, and the Palestinians have never been able to achieve anything like you know even close to that. So I don't know. No, I, you're right. You're right. But I mean, they're up against a pretty formidable adversary here. I mean, right. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as I'm, the, the, the Trump administration has gone after the, the uh, boycott Israel um, movement, hasn't it, on, on campuses? Oh, yeah. And haven't they passed even, laws banning? I don't know. Yeah, even in Ohio, the um, the last speaker, who the or last minority um, uh, House leader, uh, Strayhorn, that was his name, he was a co-sponsor for legislation that was basically anti-BDS legislation, uh, saying you can't uh, do business with the state of Ohio unless you proactively say you will never boycott Israel, um, and you have to like sign that as a statement. So yeah, they're, they're pretty ruthless in their. Um, I mean, they understand the the nonviolent game better than the Palestinians is part of the problem too. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, and if look, if you're a realist. You would say the Israelis play a really smart game, and that you know it's not like they're doing Ill, anything illegal. They're, they're playing by the rules, and mm-hmm. um, they're just playing a very smart game. And, and yeah. I mean, I would do the same thing if I were them. I mean, it's simple as that. So yeah. um, let's so, talk about something cheery. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> any uh, good book or TV or podcast recommendations for people? <laughs> um. Maybe t- I don't know. Maybe that's not a good subject for the cheery thing. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, the books I've been the sort of books I've been reading have been mostly related to case studies, right. <laughs> federalism uh, in Syria. So really riveting stuff uh, that people are into well, these days. Certainly not cheery, given the, the right. sort of violence that's going on there. But um, so I haven't really got any books to, to recommend. But um, in terms of movies, I, we watched. We take it in turns. So there's myself, Jackie, and the two kids, and we take it in turns to select a movie. Um, and we try and do one that we think everybody can at least tolerate. Yeah. Uh, and the, the requirement is everybody sits through everybody else's movie. So mine was True Grit last night. Oh, um, nice. The Coen Brothers version. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Which, which is a good film, and it's not their best, but it's it's not the big Lebowski, let's be honest. No, but it's, no. Um, I will still, I will say as a dudist priest who's licensed to do marriages I will say no it's not but yes yeah, good movie still it is and then we had uh, Jackie Jackie chose Air Force One oh okay which yes, is appropriate very so on brand um, that's good <laughs> and what else did we have we had Hugo um, I think that's a Scorsese movie uh, okay. very self indulgent um, about a boy who lives in behind a clock. Paris train station. Oh, um, fun. That old story. <laughs> yeah. Um, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> not that one again, but that, that was Connor. <laughs> my son chose that. Okay. Uh, and then Pikachu Detective was what my youngest oh. son chose. Oh, uh, nice. Which is actually not as irritating as I thought it was going to be. I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, how? So. Yeah. Okay. Are, are you, did, are they into collecting them? The cards and everything? No, or, or the game, uh, the video game. Oh, my, yeah. okay. my youngest son sometimes plays that, but um, but if I'm going to recommend a movie, it's, I mean, Doctor Strange Love. 
Uh, I'm teaching weapons of mass destruction this summer uh, online, so all of my students will be watching Dr. Strangelove or not watching Dr. Strangelove but pretending to have watched (laughs) Dr. Strangelove. (laughs) They Uh, should, though. That's a classic. They really should watch that. It is a classic. and uh, So, I mean, it's stood the test of time as well. It's a very, very smart film. So um, that that would be always a go-to movie. Um, I'm trying to think of what else the... uh, have you ever seen Stakeland? No, I don't think okay. so. It's kind of post-apocalyptic. Um, kind of. Uh, are you familiar with the Passage, the book, the Passage? I don't think so. Sorry. Oh no. God, I... <laughs> <laughs> not a great host. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, book. Anybody interested in a book that will take them day, weeks, and months to get through? Justin Cronin Passage. I think okay. there are two sequels to it. It's an epic sweep thing. Uh, it's, but it's about uh, a, a virus. Actually, they probably shouldn't. It's about a virus that gets out and oh, great. Yeah. transforms people into vampires. So, um, <laughs> nice. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Something to cheer people up. You know. That's right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Do you got any advice for people on how to make it through the pandemic? Um, at all? Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess it, it's it's easier for me because I still have, as I say, I still have a job and right. I can do my job quite happily. I've taught weapons of mass destruction online multiple times, and so you know, it's just like an old sock for me to do this. But uh, it's got to be tough uh, for you know if you, if your job is has gone. I don't know what people are living on and this sort of stuff. I mean, I would say, uh, it's not advice, but I mean, this, this will end. Um, right. And I, 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 what I do think is I've been quite impressed by, I, I had real doubts when this thing broke out in China and the Chinese government, you know, basically shut everything down and welded apartment doors <laughs> shut and this sort of stuff. And I'm looking at this saying, you know, this is the way to deal with it. You try doing something like that in the United States, oh, yeah. you know, you're going to have armed packs of people roaming with guns on the streets <laughs> and, you know, whatever. And and I think I am. In, I think America has actually stuck by the rules much better than I thought Americans would. And I think they've been conscious because this is one one example of where it may not be in your own personal self-interest to self-isolate. Right. You, know, you may be losing opportunities, but you have to be accept that you're part of something bigger. You're part of a collective, and so part of the purpose of self-isolating is to protect other people, and that requires you to be conscious of being part of something bigger than yourself. Uh, and I, you know, I, I'm, I think Americans have done a pretty good job of that. I, I'm, you know, apart from the governor of bloody Georgia. Um, <laughs> I, I've been surprised about that too. I. Um... I don't know. You don't probably follow the podcast, which is fine, I'm guessing. But um, I've been trying to get Tom Hanks on. And um, so... Well, after you've had me, you know, where else do you go? That's right, exactly. It's uh, it's difficult to find a, a topper for that. And so <laughs> I had, though, a guy that I found um, named Tom Hanks. And he goes to Ohio State University, studies political science there. And he agreed okay. to be on the podcast. So I talked with him. And long story short, he's a libertarian, but he surprised me by the, you know, like how conscious he was of the need for 
government oversight, basically, in this time of crisis. And um, so I, I've been surprised by not seeing more protests, I guess. So. Well, you know, if there's something positive that comes out of all of this, it may be that people are actually more conscious that government is not just a relentlessly negative force. Yeah, that would be good. You know, for the world. I mean, in the end, without governments, whether it's um, federal government or, well, less so the federal government, but state governments, um, were it not for that sort of organization, at least, and um, that sort of uh, messaging and and capacity to to mobilize people, you know, we'd be in deep trouble now. So, I mean, government has has a function, which is to save us from the, the worst effects of our own excessive individualism. And, and this is what we've seen right in front of us over this, you know. So maybe people will start looking more favorably on government. Maybe we'll get oh. a democratic socialist. In- <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh, thanks. You, uh, you almost had me there. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was right along with you. All right. <laughs> well, always a pleasure talking with you. So. Yeah, pleasure to talk to you too, Watch. Thanks so anyway, much. What's that? You should do is is if you if you uh, you should get my get my wife on you know she yeah. to get her to talk about Air Force she she won't be able to talk actually she won't be able to talk about Air Force One because then she's going to have to you'll get on some targeting NSA targeting list or something so right yeah but I don't want that um, all right if you can't get Tom Hanks Jackie Anderson I will yeah I would love to talk with her so that would be great yeah <laughs> all right perfect thank you all right Arch well take, take care, care yep see you okay bye. bye. All right, so that was my interview with uh, Dr. Liam Anderson that I um, really enjoyed talking with him, and he is a uh, former professor of mine um, back from my Wright State days. So really good to catch up with him, and I always just enjoy listening to him talk because he's British, so it's always cool. Um, I hope you enjoyed that and uh, kind of meandering interview that didn't really, I don't know, we, we talked about a lot of stuff, so it was a lot of fun. All right, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, until next time, take care, everybody.